Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. From our reading from Exodus, you speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. What does freedom look like? That's the underlying question as we work our way through the book of Exodus. Freedom certainly was not bondage in slavery. And so the Israelites were freed from bondage in Egypt after passing through the waters of the Red Sea. They struggled to live and they realized that the very food they eat and the water that they drink are a gift from God. Today's reading, the reading that Trista read, is known as the Ten Commandments and are now given by the hand of God as a gift to organize their common life as a community of the people. In the first stage of their journey, the law was given as ten commandments from God. It's interesting that during Lent, we begin our service with the penitential rite. It's our Lenten liturgy beginning. In it, we begin with a confession of sin, which makes sense. It's Lent. But then, for the 40 days of Lent, we deliberate God's grace and forgiveness. What's interesting is that as a part of that liturgy, we recite the Ten Commandments every Sunday in Lent. After each of the commandments, the congregation responds, Amen, Lord, have mercy. It gives it such a feeling of God being up there as a judge looking down at us with a rule book. Lawrence Kohlberg, the great 20th century cognitive psychologist, wrote a book entitled Stages of Moral Development. In it, he observed that we as human beings in our pre-conventional level have a sense of morality that is based around right and wrong, where rules are the thing that tell us what is right and rules tell us what is wrong. Authority figures are those like parents or teachers who enforce the laws and they judge their actions on the consequences of their decision. In our spiritual journey, I think we begin in a very similar space. Whether we begin our journey as a young child or even in our adulthood, 
I think we look at the Ten Commandments as rules from above that have to be obeyed. That God is sort of looking down on us. Do we keep the letter of the law? Our gospel parable of the vineyard workers is a profound gospel that sort of takes us out of just following the rules to a deeper place, I think, in understanding our relationship with God and one another that the Ten Commandments talk to. In the parable that we heard today, we saw that Jesus was talking to the temple leaders. In that day, the Romans had conquered Israel. They were in charge. They entrusted in their charge temple rulers because they knew that people obeyed religious rules. If the religious rulers were on the side of Rome, then law and order could be kept. And so, as Jesus interacts with these religious leaders, he's operating at a new level. In our world, it sort of looks like we who are in the mainline denominations, often Presbyterians or Southern Baptists or Methodists, or even we Episcopalians, we go to church because it looks good. They're respected churches. It looks like we are good citizens, that we follow the rules, that we know the social order, and it serves us to be a part. But that's sort of what happened with the, Rome, with the Roman leaders who entrusted leadership to religious people in the temple. Once again, Lawrence Kohlberg would say this is a second level of development, the conventional level, where an individual's sense of morality is sort of tied to society, how rules and authority sort of function to keep us all together, to make us a good society. At a real level, Jesus is addressing religion at this level one that sees the Ten Commandments or sees going to temple or even church as a way to be a good citizen, to do what's right, to follow the big man upstairs so that I look good as I move up the social ladder. But it's so important to understand that that's not what Jesus was about. It's not really what Moses was about. Because our readings, especially seen in the book of Philippians today, that our faith is about a life of freedom. It's what the book of Exodus is about. It's learning to live and move into a life of spiritual freedom. Rather than fear or status being the motivator for us, Instead, it becomes something much deeper. It becomes a response of love for God that is manifested in how we treat one another.
It's what the Ten Commandments really is. It's about respecting and loving God for who God is, for God's love of all of us, and we respond. The second half of the Ten Commandments are a love relationship with our neighbor. Not out of duty, not out of just obeying rules, but it's something much deeper. It's a love and respect for the other because God made and created them, God loves them, and we love what God loves. That's why Jesus sums up the Ten Commandments with just two commandments, to love God and to love our neighbor. Kohlberg observed Jesus, I think, seeing that there's something much deeper than following rules or trying to use it for social order. Instead, it's about a deep inner place where we come from the depth of our heart to love God and to love what God loves. That's why we love our neighbor. That's why we help, we reach out. That's why we live our life loving our neighbor. We live in a world, and I'm in a world that's strange now. I remember way back on Monday, Thursday, when we first started wearing face coverings, I made the analogy that wearing a face covering is, is literally washing our neighbor's feet. We protect them. It doesn't really protect us all that much. In our world, it's an act of love toward our neighbor to make sure that our droplets don't go on them. And so we, we show our love. I believe as we live in this world, loving God and loving our neighbor in our spiritual life goes through a process. It goes from just following rules to seeing how it benefits us to then being able to come from a deep place where our actions are not motivated by duty. They're motivated by love. Amen.